everybody, welcome back to Nemoin for a podcast exploring the worlds of movies, video games, and TV shows. I'm your host Nate, and today I'm joined by Chaz, Fergus, and James. How are you guys doing today? Yeah, man, uh, pretty good. Been digging up some relics recently, uh, and i.e. playing Pokemon Go, if you remember that one, and uh, catching up on Walking Dead. Um, I also finally watched um, Spider-Man Far From Home, so I'm ready for No Way Home when uh, when that's available for streaming. How did you find it? Yeah, I liked it. I think I liked it better than the first one, actually. Um, but uh, I'm sure uh, that will come up in the topic later today. Yes, very much so. Very much so. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting how the movie goes. And I'm just I'm looking forward to the next thing that director does because he's going to be working. He's I believe he's doing the Fantastic Four movie for Marvel when when that comes out. Oh, they're doing another one of those, huh? I mean, to be fair, like the last one they did was 2011, 2012. So it's been about 10, well, it's been about almost 10, almost 10 years, I'd say, because it's, I think it's maybe 2013, 2014. But yeah, because that didn't go well. Maybe we just feel like there's so many because they all just didn't go well. Whereas there's a lot of Spider-Man movies, but we'll, you know. You know what? I actually didn't mind the first Fantastic Four movie, the two early 2000s one. Got a bit of some 41 in that. Uh, I didn't. Doctor Doom actually looked pretty good. I actually thought, you know, that was pretty good. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, it's a it's a good film. Uh, far from home, Fergus. How about yourself? Uh good. Thanks. Uh, what have I been doing this week? I've been playing N plus uh, plus on Steam. Says so uh, so a platformer game, you know, stick man, and yeah, jump around a lot. It's uh, been very entertaining. Uh, I also finished Disenchanted. Um, which I enjoyed quite a lot, actually. Um, I do have opinions on how that ended, though. <laughs> oh, they actually finished it. Interesting. No. Well, no, the, it's it's continuing, but I mean the the first six episodes felt like they were going somewhere, and the next like four or so just I I don't understand what happened. Like they lost a writer, or it felt weird. Yeah. Yeah, I I I, I like this enchantment, but. For me, I felt uh, personally, I felt this fourth season was probably the weakest, and I I concur, I concur with basically what you said. Yeah, it definitely lost its way a bit, but mm. worth a watch if it's you know. Oh, it's still still fun. I'm still interested in the future seasons. Yeah, same. And yeah, as as as, as me guys, yeah, I'm I'm doing well. So I I finally got around to completing to finishing the Expanse this week. Like absolutely amazing series. I'm also one episode my... off. Oh, nice, nice. It's worth it. It's good. Also finished the... Well, not finished yet, but I'm playing through, almost finished, a game called The Hex, which is a game which is a game about a few years ago made by the same guy who did Inscription. And I do highly recommend it. If you like, little, if you like indie games, I recommend it. It's, um, it's very much a quite meta, because all those games are. And it's also a little like a uh, fun trip down... Uh, various different old school kind of games as well. Nice. I, I believe you were watching um, Cuphead oh, as yeah. well. Oh yeah, Cuphead was great. Also another another series I finished watching, which I do also recommend. Kind of ties in with what we're going to be talking about on the topic, though, is uh, Hitmonkey. Since that's a uh, Marvel nice, property. awesome. But I'm doing... yeah, I still need to finish that myself. To be honest, I actually need to, I need to start Hitmonkey and finish Cuphead. I've seen like the first two episodes. Someone described it on another podcast quite well. Going into Cuphead, I think you need to be a little bit interested in the animation style or just that game in general because 
when you watch it, it does have a very um, a Fleischer design. It's it's very it's different. It is very different to what. It, luckily, it's only fifteen minute I episodes, and there's twelve of them. So. So oh no! Don't get me wrong. I believe it was. I believe it, uh, he did the. Uh, that's it was that was the original Superman cartoon style, and um, I, I used to love that. You know, on the old video cassettes when I used to watch when I was younger, I used to love that. But yeah, uh, for me, um, pretty much finished Horizon Zero. Uh, sorry, Horizon Forbidden West. <laughs> uh, yeah, Chaz just Already? like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so I booked a couple of days off to play that and played it over last weekend. Uh, I've just got one mission left. I actually Googled how many missions there are, and I'm like, I'm one mission from the end. But I've got, like, 12 side missions I can do. So I'm just like, I'm going to do those. going to go off and do those and enjoy it. And my Jesus Christ, that game is so gorgeous. Like, honestly, I don't know what it's going to be like when it eventually, if it does eventually come to PC. I'm sure it will because the first one did. But yeah, no, uh, I watched a few episodes of Cuphead. Um... Still need to watch Space Force because I did watch the first season. Obviously, the second season's out now. Uh, I've been watching Vox Machina, The Legend of Vox Machina, the uh, Critical Role animation on Amazon Prime. So I've actually been enjoying that. It's actually quite good. A lot more adult orientated than I expected, though I know I knew there was like adult orientated themes in that D and D. I'm not I'm not a massive D and D person, but. The fact that they are taking their first campaign and actually creating it into the animated show, which is really interesting. Uh, and they're actually going to a nice little topic we're actually going to be going to discussing. Actually, kind of goes into the whole topic today. We'll get into that in a little bit. But um, yeah, and just outside of that, I'm in regards to shows, I still need to finish the expanse. I've got two episodes left. I've, got, I've finished four, I've got two episodes left. And I think we'll, I think we might have a nice little retrospective special episode down the line and to discuss that series in general because where the last season is i'm kind of concerned at one storyline um and then and then um uh yeah i just i don't know how that's gonna go uh james yeah no i, I was just gonna make a bad pun i was just gonna say we're gonna have a expansive discussion ah oh, god damn it. that's my, puns are my job puns are my job how dare you I have not a pun. Uh, I have one episode of The Expanse left, and it feels like there's a lot that they have to wrap up in that episode. Um, I hope that it's a relatively satisfying end. I know that the books go on longer than the TV show will. Um, I mean, it's it's a good show, so overall I'll still be happy. But um, yeah, here's hoping that the, the end wraps up uh, nicely and it doesn't leave a loose, loose ends or you know rushes everything yes um honestly that show is if they can wrap it up nicely even if it's like good i'd be quite happy to be honest because that show has so much it has does have to wrap up and i said there's a storyline in the final season i'm a bit confused by and if i was a girl and a planet and i'm like i don't even know what that what's going on there that was it's so random but yes uh so it's a it's a I'm glad everyone's had a had a good week though so last week um we dived into a very interesting, like, very well-known... Well, not well-known, but it's talked about a lot of topic, to be honest. So, you know, the whole, should games renowned for their difficulty have easy, accessible modes? And we definitely had some interesting opinions there, and, like, how... It was, it was actually good, because you get a lot of people on the internet who, like, just go at each other. And I think that's why, at the end of the episode, I like, I like to point out, if you go into these debates, or if you go into these conversations, un, you know... Unpress the capsule key, 
understand the other person's perspective. Matt, just have a discussion about it. And I know uh, Chaz is the episode and came in with some. Uh, we we had a nice little talk on Discord about it, and uh, I'm thinking down the line because um, I'm going to pick up Elden Ring eventually. Like when it's cheaper, I think I'm going to give it a go, and it'll be actually nice to quite revisit because I know some people are saying it's the most accessible, uh, it's the most accessible Souls-like game. It's you know, for some heard people saying do not play this because it is not. Um, so it'd be interesting to see where that goes. To be honest, and it might actually be good to get someone on. Who's actually played the Elden Ring game to you know, and as is actually quite good at it, so to get their perspective as well. So that should be really interesting to see. But yes, you know, as we go as we go through the weeks, we're in episode eleven now, yay! Uh, and we'll be also be doing episode twelve, but we'll get into that in a second. This week we're going to be getting into with the Batman, you know, that Cape Crusader uh, looming over us for that free goddamn hour runtime. Swear to God, it's 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 now the second longest comic book movie ever. Spider-Man No Way Home was just before Avengers, Avengers, but it's the second longest. Like Avengers comes in at, I just believe, just over three hours. This comes in at like just under three hours. And supposedly it uses its time. I've been reading reviews for it. Luckily, no spoilers this time. I've avoided all spoilers and I'm really happy about that because I've been spoiled a few times by comic book films. And yeah, supposedly it does use its time well, so it's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, does the Snyder Cut of Justice League count? Uh, am I thinking that right? <laughs> Shit. Uh, yeah, I'd I'd say yes and no. I'd say it does count in the fact it would be the longest comic book movie, but then you could take into account the Watchmen extended Ultimate Cut, which is like so long because it's got a film within a film. I didn't know that. There you go then. Yeah, it's got an animated, I believe it's got an animated film about a pirate, which is the comic book in that universe. Because they have superheroes in that universe, their comic books are about pirates. It's it's an it's an interesting thing in that lore. You to watch be someone like watch this episode and then or listen to this episode and then be like, actually, there's this ten hour long random movie based on a comic book from like twenty years ago. And we're like, oh, okay, sure, we didn't know about that one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll probably get that. But no, this is the uh, in in cinema version because the original justice league was only about just over two hours and then they literally doubled the time for the snyder cut which i'm not gonna lie much better i can't believe i watched it in one sitting um but yeah i just think in, in that in that regard yeah this this is the um the second longest one i've said that multiple times but we will continue on so this week we are going to be getting into um is there is there comic book property burnout coming like you know but we'll get into the topic a little bit but i feel that it's a changing landscape it's a it's a case of like with the, with all these properties coming out and with endgame happening you know where are we going to go from there but before we divulge into that we are going to be going on to the news today people we are going to go on to the news and trust me we got some interesting uh interesting topics here today and to start off with more news on the mad max prequel furiosa uh, Chris Hemsworth is playing the lead villain in the uh, Furiosa prequel movie. So it's nice to have another Aussie um, playing the villain because they obviously the original had the uh, the Aussie villain. Uh, but uh, Charlize Theron isn't in the movie. It's uh, she's not playing Furious. It's uh, Anya, Anya Taylor-Joy. Uh, she is playing uh, the character um, of Furious in this time around. So no doubt she's going to lose her arm. I'm presuming she's going to lose her arm in this movie at some point. Uh, and that I bet what will happen is 
two thirds through the movie, she loses her arm and then she comes back with the new mechanical arm and then she defeats the villain. And it's going to be badass anyway because George Miller is directing it again. And that movie was insane, Mad Max. Uh, did was it you? I went with Chaz to see it. Did we go see it together? No, I uh, I actually saw it at home, which I'm a bit um, sad about because obviously it's an amazing movie, uh, especially visually. So it would have been nice to see it in the cinema. Honestly, it'd be really really interesting movie to see. I'm I'm, I'm wondering where the Furious movie will go. I wonder if maybe there'll be a different style because I know in the movie itself. Um, I, I don't know, Ferguson James, have you yeah, seen the, the yeah, Mad Max movie? Yeah. So they t- so obviously she comes from a, uh, a a place where there is green still, like the you know the the female colony, if I remember correctly, and you know there was green still at the time. So I wonder if there'll be like a new visual style to the movie because it was very very orange in the um in the movie, which is understandable. And I'm wondering, see, people don't know who Chris Hemsworth is playing yet. People are thinking, is he a young Immortan Joe? And I'm like, no. Or oh, it could it could be, but also. I, I don't know maybe because if he's the lead villain i wouldn't think immortan joe would be the lead villain in the movie he'd he'd probably be person who like helps her uh yeah um i only really know him as for has he done any villain stuff uh before so he has been in a movie uh let me just google this quickly it's a, it's it's not it's not a big movie it is called see this this is why sometimes people you have to have your your, your wikipedia up i mean He's been in... I love the fact that he was in Home and Away. We don't need like... Wikipedia when we've uh, got you, Nate. You are Wikipedia, right? Some Sometimes I do. Uh, so he's in a movie... I, I'm not seeing this one, but it's called Bad Times of the El Royale. Um, it's, um, it's It came out like uh, three, four years ago now. But basically, he's like a cult... I believe he's like a cult le- leader in that film. So, like, he has this very, like... Um, yeah, 19... It's, I believe he's said that, like... 60s 70s and yeah it's very interesting to see to be honest but yeah uh so it'd be really nice to see hammers of play against type because i mean the man could do comic books really well play thor really well he's very good at comedy like he's actually really good at comedy in my opinion um maybe not so much in the ghostbusters movie but that wasn't his fault and it'll be really nice to see him uh obviously he was just in the netflix movie extraction which i thought was badass um and he's doing it he's currently filming extraction 2 uh, and he's going to be playing the villain in this. So it'd be really nice to see where it, where it goes from there, to be honest. It'd be really nice to see what he does. But yeah, so obviously, you know, with that happening, loads of movie news coming out. Going on to the gaming news now, though, it just came out today that Resident Evil 2, 3, and 7, so Resident Evil 2, 3 remakes and Resident Evil 7, are getting PS5 and Xbox Series XS upgrades. Now, uh, they'll be coming later in the year, and also anyone who has the game already will get a free digital upgrade. They'll, they'll just automatically get it. And uh, it supposedly will include ray tracing, high frame rates, 3D audio. The PS5 version will include, uh, will utilize the DualSense haptic feedback and adaptive triggers, which, by the way, the adaptive triggers on the, the, the controller are amazing, by the way. Like pulling, pulling the trigger and feeling the bowstring sh- tighten. Like when I'm playing Horizon is just insane to me. And like having the trigger lock up when your gun jams and everything is just it really adds a it really adds a nice sense there. Um I'm wondering where Resident Evil's gonna go, because obviously there's this rumored Resident Evil 4 remake that's supposedly going to happen. It doesn't and... feel very rumored. Feels quite confirmed at this point. Yeah, I just I d I don't know. I'm I did buy it for the Oculus, Resident Evil 4. I played 30 minutes and I haven't played it since. 
because I felt like I was going to throw up. You were up. saying about where Resident Evil could go. In regards to the Resi 4 potential remake, I'm kind of in that like area where I think Resi 4 is still like a fantastic game. It still looks pretty good. I'm not sure if it needs it. Um, we'll see whether what they decide to do, if it's just a pure graphical upgrade, or if they decide to improve some systems or expand on the game or something. I love Resident Evil 4. I think I think after Skyrim, it's probably the game I've bought the most, like on different consoles. Don't need to buy it on my Switch. That's the only console I haven't bought it for yet. I love the fact I bought it for my Oculus before my Switch, which is really interesting, to be honest. Uh, but I'll probably play it, replay on my Switch this year at some point. I'll probably give that a nice go and actually use my Switch again because I haven't really used it that much, to be honest. Uh, yes, it would just be... I mean, Resident Evil 2 and 3 already looked great. And... I think with 8, which was just amazing to me. If you haven't played 8, people go and play it. It is just so good. Maybe, like, watch a video recap of 7 if you don't want to, you know, play 7. Because you do have... I feel like you do have to play 7 too. Or understand 7 to play 8. Because it's... I believe they are creating a tr trilogy of games, which is, like, the narrative of this story, which I think is really awesome. Uh, but, yeah, I definitely, I definitely recommend that, people. Definitely recommend that, indeed. Uh, going on to the next news topic, um, Guardians of the Galaxy is coming to Xbox Game Pass. The recent Marvel, uh, uh, the recent uh, IDOS Montreal title, Guardians of the Galaxy, is coming on the 10th of March. So that's next week. And honestly, I don't know if you guys have Game Pass at all, but um, I highly recommend this game. Like, even, even if you're not... I mean, to be fair, you have to be into comic books if you want to play this game. But... I think it's a case of like this actually goes to the topic as well quite well today to be honest because it's not just you know TV shows it could be other media as well. Um, this this game I feel had a bit of an issue with the fact that it's following Marvel's Avengers, which did not go down well with a lot of people, myself included. I thought it had a great it was a really interesting story. Had a Kamala Khan, uh, Miss Marvel was the main character, and you see the Avengers around her. Uh, it was just the multiplayer content and the extra content coming going forward like. And this came out, it had a similar art style to a degree, but, and people thought it was just an extension of that, like a new camp story campaign. It was an entirely different game. It took me like eight, 18 hours to complete the game. It was a quite a long game, to be honest. And the narrative goes in different directions, which you don't expect. And you don't, and I think if, and also people keep saying this is like B version of like the movie versions, but I'm not going to lie. The characters in this, I felt were more, close to the uh comic book versions like star lord is more of a um like an actual leader like whereas and like the chris pratt version he you know wiped out half the universe uh well he didn't personally but people blame him for that i think it's all part of the plan um but yeah no so yeah it is coming to that um also coming to game pass is microsoft flight simulator via the cloud <laughs> so people on the original xbox one can actually play the game now because i believe there were some issues originally that they couldn't play it as well yeah no there, there have been problems with that that game is massive i mean even if you're playing it uh on the pc you need to stream the map data via the internet uh so the file size is technically in the petaflops region <laughs> so i think it's ta it's taken some work for that to you know actually work I wish I could get into the flight simulator games. I remember playing, I believe it was 97. It is good. Um, or two or 2000 when I was younger, but I, I, it, it just wasn't for me, to be honest. I actually have someone I know, I believe they might be a pilot now, but that that's where they started at the end, like hundreds of pounds worth of flight simulation equipment in the house, and they just learned to 
do this and i believe they actually went into pilot training from it it's just insane the level of detail to become a pilot and you could actually do that well obviously i'm presuming you could actually you know because they do try to be quite close yeah there's a simple mode where you basically pull the accelerator and you fly off into the sunset and then there's the super like technical hard mode where you have to press all of the switches in the right order to get your jumbo jet to engines to start and you have to properly talk to the tra- uh, traffic control to be able illegally allowed to take off and stuff like i don't know enough to be able to successfully do that mode but <laughs> i definitely um we're, we're actually going to be having a vr um a discussion uh in the future like where can vr could go in the next 10 years you know because i'm you know this is going to be a booming thing why we don't have a flight simulator vr game is weird to me like you know it'd be interesting to have mind you sitting there for maybe 10 hours with a vr headset on as you just fly yeah. from england to australia you miss out a lot just sitting in the cockpit uh, a, a large part of it is being able to zoom out to the sort of like landscape camera that kind of follows the plane you can sort of see actually see the mm. ground otherwise it is just 16 hours of clouds i mean some people might like that sure some people do <laughs> but Maybe we should do uh, time for the topic. Maybe we should do a virtual reality Superman flight simulator. And you also, you can also see like, mean... the lasers coming out your eyes, kind of. Uh, Once the screen turns red, we need desert bus VR. That's what we need. <laughs> there was a roller coaster. I swear, uh, what was it? Air or something? Where you have the VR headsets and you're on the roller coaster and you do the Superman thing. Uh, Alton Towers, maybe? Yeah. That's, it's called Galactica now, and it's Alton Towers. Uh, they took the headsets off. Um, oh. I, I actually know a little bit about this because I'm slightly into theme parks. Uh, theme park uh, Headsets on theme parks um quite difficult to make work, and a lot of a lot of companies that have put headsets onto their roller coasters have had to remove them again uh, because of ish- technical issues with it, unfortunately. I think the tech is not quite there. Interesting to see what goes there. But yeah, that, that's a future conversation where VR and AR could go because I think that's a very booming field that would be really interesting to see, to be honest. So yes, um, going on to the next topic, though, the Steam Deck. Uh, turns out there's a lot more demand than people uh, than uh, Steam expected for it. And they are the production is uh, from Eurogamer here is ramping up into the hundreds of thousands by next month, and and I've heard the Steam Deck is actually quite good. I've heard it is really good to be honest, and I love the fact that Steam have got this entire like verification like games verified list already. So if you want to get the Steam Deck, you can know exactly what games you want. They also have a some games will work, but you may need to do some tweaking, and then some games that aren't. And I looked at and it actually tells you exactly which games are in your Steam library are on the steam deck already which i think is awesome you don't have to like search and i think i only had i have like almost a thousand games in my steam library i think about 25 were not able to be played on the steam deck which i think is insane to be honest like out of almost a thousand and i know i saw another news article I don't know if you guys have seen this a nice little delivery driver helped deliver some of the steam decks to people yes Gabe Null, yeah, Gabe Null was uh, delivering uh, Steam Decks to people's houses. And some people were confused at first, but then other people recognized it through the mask. But uh, yeah, that's that's interesting to be honest. Like Gabe, like going around delivering the first of this platform. I'm wondering if Nintendo's going to have competition with this now because, you know, a lot of people had issues with 
PC gaming because of the either the cost of the the console, so the cost of the PC, the constant upgrading, also the the fact that you know it's you know the portability of it. Now I've, I know the battery life on the Steam Deck isn't great, and and the one issue I had with buying it, apart from the cost initially, because I was I always go for the most expensive because I'm an idiot, uh, is it does it come with the dock at first? The dock is going to come later, and I'm hoping there'll be a bundle for that. But with the Steam Deck, though, it'd be really interesting to see like where they go with that. To be honest, because I'm, I think I, and because it's and it's bigger than the the Switch as well. I think Nintendo will either have to ramp up their graphic, you know, how the Switches work with graphically, or they'll just have to be more ingenuitive in how they go in their uh, their consoles. To be honest, I feel like they cater to two different audiences. Mm-hmm. Um... PC gamers and and uh, Nintendo gamers, there's not in terms of the type of games, there's not too much overlap. So I feel like they could probably both exist in the same space. I do agree with that. Um, PC, yeah, I see the the Steam Deck is going to be more twenty plus age range. West, I, th- I think the Switch is more four to sixteen, I guess. So. Um, I mean, the exceptions to that, of course, but uh... yeah, I mean, it's it's partly about age uh, of gamers, but I think it's also just the the type of people who would play those kind of games. I mean, I feel like people would play them both, but I just feel like the type of games that release on the Switch and the type of games that are available on Steam, there's um, it's different enough to be able to exist in the same space. I think, but we'll see. Um, mm-hmm. I'll keep I'll keep an eye on it myself. I'm not much of a um, portable gamer, I guess. Um, but if uh, if things look good, then I, I'm tempted because, like you, I've got a lot of games in my Steam library, so it'd be good to have those on the on the go. Definitely, definitely. And uh, going off of the Switch very briefly, they announced um, Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet, which uh, I'm intrigued by. It's I'm not gonna lie. It seems that. The, what was the new? What was the reason? Arceus. I believe that Legends Arceus was a testing ground for Scarlet and Vi- uh, Scarlet and Violet because I'm looking at the graphics of um, this game and they look better than um, Arceus did. And um, maybe Arceus was the platform for the open world aspect because supposedly um, Scarlet and Violet are open world games as well. So I'm kind of glad Pokemon is finally pushing into that area because I think they needed that. Surprised to it took them that long, to be honest. I mean, I don't. Is it is it Game Freak making this still? I know Game Freak. Oh, it's the Pokemon Company. I believe Game Freak. The Game Freak name is still used. I believe. Okay. Yeah. No, but but yeah, going off the Nintendo thing, I think yeah, like they don't have to like push graphically, but just keep pushing, you know, innovating and everything. And I think the Switch, because it is almost six years old. And I believe it is six years old now. You know, it is coming to the end. I feel, I feel that you know we're probably going to get an announcement on on the next one soon. I bet they'll announce it when the Breath of the Wild two release date's announced, and they'll be like the launch title for that, which would be really awesome because Breath of the Wild is amazing. So yes, people. Um, obviously that's the Steam Deck and the Nintendo. Didn't actually expect to talk about a bit of the Pokemon stuff, but before we tie it in there, uh, going on quickly to um, tying into last week's conversation for accessibility, uh, Forza Horizon Five has added. American Sign Language and British Sign Language support for in-game cinematics as a free update. And there's over 150 in-game cinematics shown in between driving across Mexico, which I think is insane. I think that's amazing, to be honest. Like, you know, it just, it just goes to show that, like, you could do these sorts of games and no one's left behind, which I think is awesome. 
Um, I, I do happen to know that the British Sign Language is having or has historically had a lot of trouble being recognised as an actual language um, in the UK. So this all uh, massively boosts the visibility of the language itself, um, as well as making it accessible to, you know, people who speak or can read the language. I know um, when Eternals came out, because obviously one of the characters in that is uh, Death, uh, supposedly uh, the learn the people wanting to learn like ASL and, you know, BSL shot up by a, a significant amount, which I think is awesome. Like, you know, learn other languages, but it's obviously different than a, a you know, phonetic spoken language. Uh, but no, it's really awesome to just see like, you know, it can be done, people. Adding these features can be game, can be done. It just, it's just taking the time to do it. But, you know, again, that's a conversation we have last, last week. So go back and listen to the episode for accessibility in certain games because it can be done. That's what I'm saying. Almost running out, though. Uh, Funimation. A uh, nice little topic for Fergus. Fergus's uh, face <laughs> cheered up at that. Like, yeah. uh, Yes, I know about this one. So Funimation is merging into Crunchyroll. They are becoming one company. Um, I'm, I'm glad it's this way round, actually. Uh, the, Funima- the Crunchyroll website will be absorbing all of the content from Funimation. Uh, Crunchyroll has the superior website by far. <laughs> they also have the superior player um, app as well. Like on consoles, the Funimation app mm. was terrible just terrible to be honest yeah I, it's, I have had a lot of problems with the funimation websites uh for some time now um like you would get like five episodes into a series and discover like the next 10 episodes were only in portuguese or there were just no subtitles for some reason <laughs> so um I'm, I'm glad crunch the people of crunchyroll are taking over that content because there's a lot of good content in the funimation um bracket like uh especially for the more historical anime uh there's a, there's a golden era around 2010 which funimation have a lot of yeah because uh crunchyroll didn't have um cowboy bebop mm. i believe or at least the dubbed version because supposedly the dubbed version of cowboy bebop was actually quite difficult to find outside of certain areas without buying it and um obviously it's on netflix now but uh just thinking in regards to like the context i know funimation was more for people who prefer the dubbed versions and i think maybe this is an episode topic of dubbed or subbed uh <laughs> i'm always i'm pretty much dubbed all the way in my opinion but it's just, it's just the idea of basically will they push dub just as much because now they're merging it into one and I'm wondering where it's going to go with that, to be honest. Oh, yeah, it'll still definitely still be a combination of both. Uh, dubbed does take some weeks to come through, especially if you're watching sort of like current airing stuff. So you will, if you're watching dubbed, it's not, you'll often be about a, half a series to a series behind, depending on the show. Um, so the, the, they will definitely do the translation for the current airing, and then that will remain. And they'll also have more mechanisms to do the dub, so it will be more of a 50-50 split, I think, probably. Our final topic before we end uh, the news today is... He's back, people! I'm back, baby! Futurama, John DiMaggio has confirmed that he is coming back for the Futurama Hulu revival. And he will be on, or uh, as some people have called it, hashtag Bendergate. Uh, but he ended, he ended his tweet with... What is it saying here? Uh, I'm back, baby. Bite my shiny metal ass. Just the way to reintroduce himself to the uh, series. But yeah, so basically he is coming back for an, uh, an extended period of the episodes. 
I'm wondering how that goes for the rest of the cast because I know there was some um, issues with the contracts with the actual salaries and I believe he, he was pushing for some different approaches so it'll be really interesting to see to be honest but yeah uh, really nice to see him back I'll be honest with you I don't see how that show could it could have gone forward without him but when you think of Futurama like I think of Bender is like the first person you go to like the Big Bang Theory you think of Sheldon you know you know um the Simpsons, you think of Bart, you know, certain characters. I was thinking about this the other day, and I can't think of a, an example where an original voice actor, especially like a really iconic one, uh, was left and replaced and it worked. I can't think of an example like that. Um, I mean, maybe I just don't know one, but can you guys? I know... I know voice actors who've passed away and the voice has been taken over. Now, that's more common. That does happen because um, if you watch Avatar The Last Airbender, the, the original voice of um, Uncle Iroh, Marco, passed away during the, during the, film, during the recording of those episodes. And uh, the, another voice actor took over. And I believe them. I might have to edit this out, but the episode in the uh, the, the Tales of Bouncing Say episode, a leaves on the vine, just like you know, uh, there's there's this episode with like an amazing song at the end, just gets me emotional all the time, like when I hear it. And that episode was dedicated to him actually. Um, but yeah, and obviously they're doing the out uh, Netflix Last Airbender live action TV show which I'm intrigued about, to be honest, um, because the cast seems really good. But yeah, just sees where it goes from there. But going back to the voice actors, though, yeah, I feel, I kind of knew this was going to happen for him. Like, you know, sometimes a star has a good amount of power and a good amount of sway. And I think the backlash from the internet didn't help. Like, as soon as like it was confirmed that he wasn't back yet and he's still in salary negotiations or he might like, be coming back, that would have caused a lot of profit issues for the company. And they were like, we, we might as well just do it because if you think about it, like to be fair hulu's disney now hulu you know feature all 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 under the mouse haha <laughs> all under the mouse people uh and yeah i just think you know it'd be really interesting to see where they go from here and as james has said before i don't know where maybe they'll have like a um like oh it was all a dream which i think would be stupid to do or go into the joke of the multiverse like have that version end and then have like another version of futurama continue That'd be pretty awesome, to be honest. But yes, we have loads more news to go through, but unfortunately, we we will have to hold off those this week because we are going to get into the main topic of the week. So that was the news, people. An illegal spy agency discovers the theft of a prototype weapon. Derek, codename Confused Llama, and his handler, Frank, codename Majestic Vol, investigate the theft. A naive man with fanciful notions... Derek sets out on his inept journey to reclaim the weapon from villainous hands, unaware of the hidden tale following him. Enter the world of Confused Llama, a spy's tale. A short comedic spy thriller available on Amazon in paperback or Kindle. We are going to get into the main topic now, the main topic. As mentioned before, we have the Batman. The Batman. Vengeance is the night. I am the night. Uh, coming out, and it was my terrible Batman impression because I've got a much higher voice. Uh, obviously, with Robert Patterson, uh, Colin Farrell, uh, Paul Dano, Jeffrey Wright, Zoe, um, Zoe Kravitz. That movie, uh, and um, uh, Andy Serkis, and directed by Matt Reeves. That movie's three hours long. I don't know how I'm going to survive. Uh, we're going earlier in the morning, so it'll be pretty interesting. And definitely, uh, just to let you know, people, we will be doing a review for that episode. Uh, so check back on Tuesday 
for a review for the episode. We'll probably do a spoiler review as well, but we will do an initial review, give our ratings, and then do a spoiler review afterwards, just so you know people can leave after they got their initial impressions. We will go on from there. But yes, with this comic book movie coming out, and we've had so many Batman movies now, we've had so many comic book movies. Are we feeling a bit tired? Are we feeling a bit, you know, yeah, there's too many comic book movies out there now, or comic book comic book properties, you know, pushing out now? Are we feeling a little burnt out? So the topic this week is comic book burnout coming, or are people feeling it now? And to me, as a big comic book geek, I am and I'm not. I think like, which is a bit, I think, shock for some people if they ever hear this. Like, I love my comic books and. I think it's a case of like, we'll get into it, but it's just like how how they approach it going forwards. But what were your guys' initial impressions? Yes, um, comic book burnout is coming. In fact, I I've not completely burnt out, but um, with the Marvel films after what fifteen years of or Marvel films. Oh no, it's more 16, 16 years, gosh, 21 years, 15 years. Nate's waving his hands at me. A large number of years. <laughs> I feel like I've been watching Marvel films forever now. Um, I did keep uh, watch all of them and keep up with all of them and understand where they all fitted in in the Marvel universe up until the. Um, so Endgame, Infinity War, the one where they all came out of portals and Endgame, yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Beyond that, I am so completely lost as to where all these characters fit in in the universe. I I, I don't have the capacity to keep up with that. Uh, now that they've started introducing TV shows that have lore that fit into the films, just there's just too much. And it's getting really, really B-list as well for some of these uh, the characters that they're using. Like they've used up the Spider-Mans, the Iron Mans, etc. Now they're on to Wasp Woman, and I, I don't know. I, I just can't care. <laughs> uh, I do have to preface that Iron Man wasn't an A-list comic book character when you know they did his first. So obviously, you know when Marvel sold the licenses to Sony and everything and all these other studios, because they were almost going bankrupt to so that, they were able to stay afloat. It was only when they decided to make a gamble, I was reading an article recently, uh, a gamble of making Iron Man the first movie that they decided, oh, we'll, we'll take a character that's not huge. Like, I remember the old 90s cartoon with, like, you know, the Iron Man theme song playing as the hammer comes down, and which I thought was epic back in the day. And he wasn't a high list, high, you know, I think it was a case of, risk reward in the case of he isn't he isn't spider-man he isn't the hulk you know um mm. and it's it's interesting that like you know the hulk has become more of a sidelined character in the last 20 years like he isn't like as big as he used to be like he used to be like front and center like all the tv shows cartoons and everything and i, I do see where you're coming from in regards to like comics like when endgame came, i've you know i spoke to a few people they, they watched endgame they're like okay yeah that's technically you know marvel cinematic universe is done that's it i'm done you know it ends at that point that's kind of where i was going to say it felt like a very um strong end point for people to drop off if they wanted to i know that that's like the end of i think it was the third era right in this um, the, yeah it was, it was called the infinity saga so it was actually yeah 
Yeah, um, and that is actually my perspective on this is that I dropped off at that point. So that happened for me there. Um, I wasn't as diligent as Fergus in keeping up with everything. I more watch um, basically either a movie that was rated well or looked particularly interesting to me. Um, but I'm I'm kind of now picking it up again. And the reason I am is because, one, I missed some amazing films um, like the newest Spider-Man trilogy and Spider-Verse. Um, and they're also, I feel, starting to do some interesting different stuff with the licenses. Um, WandaVision uh, uh, sticks out to me there. Um, it is comic book characters, but it is some a completely different take on using those characters. So for me, um, they're bringing in interesting stuff and uh, where it is interesting, I, I'm watching it, but where it's not, I'm just leaving it. Yeah, I mean, so for me, I, I, do, I kind of agree with kind of a bit of everything that we said. So I've expected myself to drop off after Endgame, but I haven't, because, and that's because the Marvel TV shows have been inventive and have been good, and I'll cite both Loki and WandaVision in both being inventive shows, which I really liked. Uh, so that have, they have actually wrote me back in as a result of that. Uh, however, I would also say that I struggled with the Celestials. Was that the right one? Eternals. 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 Yeah, I struggled with that. I, I, I did struggle a bit with that film. I uh, couldn't watch it all the way through in one sitting. I didn't mind it. It's an okay film, but I was starting to feel a bit meh about the whole thing. And one thing I do feel is an issue with comic book movies, it's particularly with Marvel. As much as... So this is what we can get into, potentially, but it's a very, very, very formulaic films, Marvel films. However... The way Marvel goes about doing those films is is very, 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 very good. Which is why they are it's why they're, they're such films. But they do play around with certain amounts of expectations. Like for instance, um Shang-Chi. That went in a different direction than what I expected. However, it still hits the familiar beats of a Marvel movie, sort of ended in a similar way to what you expect. Yeah, I definitely agree that I was literally that was the film I was going to go on about in the sense of like Shang-Chi. I thought the martial arts were basically and going forward. They need to use that stunt team. They used to the martial arts team because like to be fair, the Shang-Chi is the you know, the master of martial arts. You know, he is like the best fighter in the Marvel Universe. And he even trained Spider-Man at one point in the comic books when Spider-Man lost his powers and he gave him the way of the spider. Actually, no, that's actually uh comic book storyline uh, and also they've uh, tom holland and um i believe uh, or it was i think it was simulu said he'd love to do a film with tom holland which i thought would be really interesting to be honest um but you know going off of that though yeah i think like with shang chi the first two thirds of that movie like the whole it was had it was a, it was a romance movie at parts it was you know chinese martial arts movie there, there's an entire bus sequence which i thought was amazing and most of that was cgi which i thought was impressive um but yeah, the final third did feel like a Marvel movie. And I think that's something that actually goes into their shows as well. So I think with the Marvel TV, like the Marvel, because I've, I've come from, like, I've watched like all comic book TV shows. I've seen Smallville. I watched the, uh, you know, the Arrowverse, which I thought was amazing up until a certain point, you know, that drifted off and going by, you know, the whole order, like you have to watch stuff in order because the Arrowverse had crossovers and, you know, people going into different shows. We had a friend who basically said to me, Nate, can you come up with a compendium of like all the different shows? I did it, not realizing a week later there was an app, there was a phone app for it. And I was like, I'm, I'm just, 
I was, I was pissed because I was like over 250 episodes I categorized for him. But I've done all that, you know, and um, going into the Marvel stuff, I definitely think it's it's a testament to what they've done. Like, there's no doubt about it. You know, going from, you know, a movie where Robert Downey Jr. got paid about $500,000 to... And, you know, because he was liable, the insurance was liable against him to being one of the biggest names in, and highest paid actors in history uh, for films. And then, you know, the 23, 26 films we've got now between that and the fact that they've got films planned until, I believe, the mid 2030s. Like the fact that Kevin Feige, you know, he, I think that's the good thing about this is that, yeah, comic book burnout might be coming in some aspects, like maybe not the actual movie's ending, but like how they use the formula, how they try to reinvent it, how they try to do it, because I think that's the best way to go about it. You don't find that the superhero movie franchises are too dominated by Marvel. Like, they have their own formula, they've, they've got their own heroes, but you've only really got Marvel and DC competing against each other. There are a wider variety of input of heroes could be a good thing. X-Men made an attempt. Yeah. I mean, and now they're owned by Disney. <laughs> uh, I think uh, you are right in some sense. I think Marvel, Charles actually came onto this point in that they are trying different things now. Uh, basically, I, I can't remember the quote, so I believe someone said it. Basically, with Infinity War ending, they've done their safe Marvel. They've done like, they've got people invested. You're going to wa watch this stuff now. But now they could get into the weird shit. They could, they could start doing out there like one division and Loki and Doctor Strange in the multiverse and Man just looks fucking insane and it's Sam Raimi doing that as well so you know and also I've heard rumors that a certain character is going to be I'm not going to say who actor but I'm not going to say who fun if it is but yeah and it's a case of like you've got Miss Marvel coming out the TV show which I think is going to be awesome uh, you've got uh, She Hulk which is supposedly going to be more of a comedy. Like, you know, it's actually going to go the comedic crew and the Hulk's going to be in that. Mark Ruffalo is going to be in that. And it's going to bring like, you know, Abomination back in that, you know, Tim, Tim, uh, Tim Roth. Um, and you've got stuff like Ironheart, which is about a African-American uh, woman who uh, she's in, I mean, she's high school or college. She creates her own Iron Man suit. She's inspired by Iron Man. She goes, you know, she does that. You've got Armor Wars. You've got secret wars which has amelia clark from game of thrones in it as the main character and sam jackson coming back and it's about a scroll it's supposedly about a scroll invasion in the comic books you know you've got all these different things coming out the latest one though is moon knight and this is the one that intrigues me the most because it's like uh if you've seen the trailers for moon knight a lot of british people might have got insulted by the trailer because the british accent sounds terrible in the trailer uh, but the thing is, so the character has disassociative identity identity disorder or split personality disorder, the classic, classic term, and it's Oscar Isaac in the lead role, and it's much more violent. And people are people are worried that they're going to Disneyfy the show. They're going to make it, you know, only go to a certain level. And I believe Kim Feige came out and said, "Oh no, when he hits people, you're gonna f you, you you're gonna know it hurts. Like you, you're gonna like because the Daredevil Netflix shows were good for that. Like the first season of that show was amazing for the the combat and the fighting and the violence and just how that goes. And I think with Moon, Moon Knight's gonna be so Loki and WandaVision are pushing in the the out there sort of like you know seeing what they could try and do. Moon Knight is gonna be." figuring out the violence aspect of marvel because they only go to a certain level because they've got deadpool coming like they have got deadpool confirmed with the marvel universe and he's been r-rated you know blade is coming is blade going to be pg-13 because the previous the original blade movies which were fucking badass um you know you know 
and because obviously you've got to realize that blade goes back to 98 for you know the more popular ones we don't talk about the fantastic four in the early 90s um but blade was the really the first marvel film outside of you know now if they did include wesley snipes in the multiverse of madness that would confirm it as the first <laughs> cinematic marvel movie which would be insane but you are right in the sense that Chad's like it's how they go about it from here it's how they try to figure out like going back to what i said about the formula it feels every show they create in the disney shows at the moment feel rushed at the end like they feel like they wrap up too quickly and i think that's a that's a concern for me like some of these episodes are nine episodes long but it feels like could have done with either one more or pulling a couple of episodes narrative out to extend that final part like one division that final episode could have been over two episodes in my opinion or star wars you know that as well that that sometimes wraps up quicker than i expected or you know i think they just i think with the early marvel movies you need people are back on them and go oh no some parts of this weren't good you know this wasn't that good they tweaked this and everything i think the tv shows are taking that same approach at the moment it's their new way of going about it and i think that's how it's going to work and this is i think this is what will stop people coming away from it because if they try new things everyone should they're always going to keep coming back they're always going to itch their arm and come back for a bit more you know it's uh you know can i get can i get a bit more of that marvel yeah i'd agree with you there um what draws me to to be honest the marvel movies more than the dc movies is is it's not that they are comic book movies per se it's that um generally they're pretty good movies um i'm drawn to quality movies um and it's also the fact that you do have these characters that are quite familiar to a casual viewer like myself who watches the major stuff and then the things that are interesting um but lately as you said it's also that they're just doing different stuff i wouldn't have said that wonder or vision were particularly interesting to me Vision's kind of cool but um you know they're not my favorites but just the fact that they were doing something unique with it um i think it's going to be very care it's going to be a very careful balance between keeping um people invested in the ongoing kind of thread that, that weaves between all of these stories um, and making sure that people don't feel obligated to keep up with everything to still be into these movies because I could understand burnout if people feel like they have to watch every single thing that comes out I know um, they've uh, Kevin Feige came out and said that Doctor Strange is now the anchor of the MCU which is going to be interesting because with the multiverse, he really does need to be, especially if you watch What If, um, which again is another aspect of the fact that the What If part of the Marvel Universe is canon. It's official. Like, you know, it is, which is interesting because I, f I think also animation cartoons are easier to digest sometimes, especially in that short form format. And I think the reason they did that show, because they are doing a second season, is to get people ready for what's coming, because I think we are about to go into a era of if you didn't know what was going on before you're gonna have no idea what's going to happen now and that's a that's a, a cause for concern in some aspects because you don't want to say to someone let's have a movie marathon how many are there only 27 films six tv shows you know i was just thinking do at this point do they need an anchor to connect everything because the, the the more the most interesting stuff is where they do new things and like it's not necessarily the characters uh, maybe they do um i don't well kind of it makes sense that doctor strange is the quote unquote anchor but now they have the multiverse 
they can do any film like they could do the same essentially essentially the same film four different ways and release it in like four consecutive years because they were in four slightly different metaverses like it's the level we're talking now so yeah going off of marvel for a bit though let's let's go over to dc for a little bit in this regard like we've been going on at marvel Marvel know what they're doing. That's pretty much it. We know where they're going. It's going to be interesting to see where they go. But DC, actually, you were actually hit on an interesting topic there, folks, about the jo- uh, Joker, the recent Joker movie. Mm. So I believe there's an article saying, like, they could do another Joker movie, but it could be an origin Joker story again, just from a different narrative perspective. Because the Joker, you never know his origin. So you could re- you could make four Joker films with each story being completely different, like he's a comedian in one, he's a gangster in another, like, you know, because there, there are tons of different, like, you know, there's one where he shot Batman's parents and that's that's a part of the sequel of the Batman universe, but, you know, it's all these different things. And I think DC has had the problem of, um, they tried to follow Marvel, that was their problem. They tried to do it too quickly and it failed. And... Now they're essentially rebooting the DC universe with Flashpoint, with the Flash movie. So you've got Michael Keaton coming back as Batman. Um, you've got um, Ben Affleck leaving as Batman. Henry Cavill, which I feel so sorry for. We don't even know what's happening with him because it's not confirmed if he's going or if he's coming back. Uh, you've got the Suicide Squad movie, which just, just came out recently, which is a soft reboot. So there are characters in it from the first movie, which is... It's an okay film. The ending's not great, in my by a lot of people's opinions. The new one is brilliant because it's James Gunn, so it's just absolutely amazing. Uh, Chaz hasn't seen it yet, if I remember correctly. Yep. So uh, that's another one I missed due to earlier burnout. Yeah. So I definitely recommend if you've got the chance just this weekend, watch that film. Yeah. Also, I was going to say, in terms of a Joker, I think I think you can see that film as a little bit of a, even though it's a comic book film. I think it's also a bit of a rebuttal to the comic uh, book Burnout because it's such a different film from most comic book movies. It's more in the mould of a old school Martin Scorsese kind of film. Which is irony. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it was really, really good. And, and, I, and I think what Joker does, actually, as, as a film, and I think what DC have the potential to do in the future, and I hope they do do this. And I'm looking, and I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the Batman on Saturday. I think that's going to be. I'm hopeful if I have gone somewhere to do this. Is that they can break past uh, the issue that Marvel has, where a lot of their films have this very samey element in terms of its structure, and really try different things within the jo- within, within the genres that aren't uh, constrained by that um, that structure. Yeah, I was going to say the the DC universe has a very different tone to the Marvel universe. I think DC are making a mistake trying to copy Marvel um, in terms of like attitude and tone. Like they should very much stick to what they could do well with the Batman and the Joker films, and like expand that to some of their other properties. So I don't know if you've seen like the Justice League animated TV show back in the day. Like, you know, they had like, so the first Justice League TV show they had, it was the Corps, six or seven Justice League members. And then they did Justice League Unlimited, which basically was tons of different superheroes in this TV show, tons of different stories. It wasn't always about Superman and Batman. There were some episodes where it was just about like these offshoot characters like Green Arrow. The Green Arrow became a much more popular character. And, you know, you've got all these like, 
when you think about DC, though, a lot of people think they, they're the king of the animation side at the moment. They they are like they've released I believe, almost 20 or over 20 DC animated movies. And some of them, most of them are really good. Like some of the earlier ones are like, amazing. Some of the later ones, not as much. And, you know, they've tried to be different. And I think with their live action side, when Man of Steel came out, which I thought was a great film. I don't care what anyone says. I enjoyed that film. Like, you know, you got to see how people, people, yeah, people, yeah, exactly. People were like, oh, why are they destroying the city? I'm like, because they're two super powerful beings, like realistically showing you what's going to happen if they go toe to toe to each other in a, in a city. You know, it's, I don't know. And also the Avengers movie totaled New York. They don't like to talk about that, do they? It's just like, it's just frustrating. And then Zack Snyder came in with, you know, Batman versus Superman, which ruined the storyline for me, in my opinion. Like, uh, Chaz, you went to go see that film with me, didn't you? Uh, no. Batman versus Superman. No. No. So I heard bad things. And I was like, nah. Yeah. So basically, I went to go see that film and I came out. And I, I didn't talk for five minutes because I was angry. I was frustrated. Yeah. I, I just saying Batman and, and Superman as. For con for concept, Batman vs Superman, it should be it should be you can make a good film out of that concept, but they did not do that at all. I, I hated I, I hated the central conceit as to why uh, Batman was um, fighting Superman. I would have actually and actually I kind of like would like to completely I would, I would love to completely revise it and write my own version because I think that's the biggest issue. Uh, I can't honestly remember what the Dark Knight Returns a comic book does, but I know that does a whole Superman versus Batman uh, thing, and I, and I believe the um, reason behind that is a lot more is, is a lot better, more interesting than what they did. Yeah, basically, Gotham is in a state of disarray. There's mutant, you know, factions, mutants. Batman is the only thing keeping control. He has like a police state there essentially, and Superman is essentially a presidential lackey, and he's sent in to put you know, Batman under his thumb and Batman's like, fuck this shit. I ain't doing that. I, I'm going to go toe to toe. And he beats the living shit out of Superman, which is just, yeah. And doomsday was the thing for me. It just pissed me the fuck off. Like, I'm sorry, you introduced Superman's killer, literally the Superman killer in the second film. It should have been three Superman movies, two justice league movies. Cause in, in, in the comic books, doomsday appears the Justice League tried to fight him and they just he just wipes the entire floor with everyone. He 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 puts people in the hospital, kills people, he just knocks up him and Superman's the only one could do it, and he dies in the end fighting him. That would have been a good exit for Henry Cavill. Then you could reboot the you know, the character with the rebirth and everything, and just done that, and they just did it too quickly. And I think DC's issue was um they just they just tried to do too Marvel too quickly, and now they're rebooting their this is why I think DC isn't going to burn up because I think they're starting to realize um, what we can do. Like they've got um, Black Adam coming out, which is finally happening uh, with Dwayne Johnson. He's been trying to make that since 2010. Um, and that's finally coming out. It's more of an anti-hero story. Um, you've got uh, The Flash coming out. You've got Blue Beetle as a, I believe it's a film now. It was going to be a TV show, as a, a, a TV film on HBO Max, which is a Latino superhero, because I think that's been an issue in Marvel as well. They had a lot of, they didn't have a lot of diverse superheroes, like their own properties initially, and I'm still frustrated that Black Widow got her film too late, in my opinion. That was stupid, in my opinion. And they're trying, and Batgirl is currently filming, uh, with Brendan Fraser as the bad guy, which I think is epic. 
we're getting we're getting the uh, renaissance, as I like to call it. And you know, they're, they're they're starting to pull new things out. Then I think this topic, you know, does go into like the burner, but it, it does also go into the concept of like you know where comic book movies could go to to keep themselves fresh, you know, but also keep the viewer coming. And I think if DC don't be like Marvel, release these movies which are out there. Like the Batman is going to be more of a detective story. Finally, giving us a movie where he is a detective because he's he's called the world's greatest detective and the world's greatest martial artist. People are going to hate me for this now. But Christian Bale's Batman pisses me off, or or, or or the Batman before it, because he's the master of martial arts. He mainly uses his elbows to and it, to fight. Whereas Batman, to me, like you know, I know Robert Pattinson. He said he's been learning jujitsu. He's been learning all, a few different martial arts to, you know, um, to do this. And it it's a really geeky thing for me to say, but it does frustrate me. Like you know, and I think with the Batman coming out, a new take. Because when that first trailer came out, and he literally beat the living shit into that guy when he tried to come up to him a lot of people went oh this is going to be different oh no and we'll see how the film goes i'm not going to say anything about the reviews james because i know you like to keep away from those i've not even seen those yeah, yeah I, i've been reading them but i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna go into that because i know you don't like that um but all i say is like you know it, it's i'm very intrigued to where we go from there I'd be definitely interested to see where we go with that uh, topic um going on a, another thing though like with dc and different properties Chaz, you brought up a good thing the other day, and what what was that? I was thinking, if comic book burnout is uh, a thing that's happening, has that affected the popularity of of kind of like spoof or like different takes on the genre, like uh, like the boys and like um, Invincible, and I'm sure there's some other examples you can add there as well, Nate. Yeah, I think um, I think the boys is an answer to the comic book. Like, I think the Joker is a has a narrative point of like you know going against the grain of like what a superhero film is like you know it's as james said it's more of a scorsese movie i think the boys come out because i love the fact that the boys just paints bonnet those movies like you know the the seven like it's called dawn of the seven in one of their you know the fake film within that and you know it's a justice league and you know version of those and the violent aspect i think also like the fact that because obviously the boys is a graphic novel it's been out for years but it's only after the you know the property of like marvel and dc coming out that they could actually do this and it's just a testament to seth rogan in my opinion because he, he's one of the producers on the show but the boys wouldn't have happened 10 years ago at all they couldn't have done it 10 years ago because they tried to do it with um uh, simon Pegg as uh huey because obviously in the comic book that's who huey is based on i like that obviously they're going to play uh huey's dad in this so that's uh that's a nice touch so if you actually see the new animated TV show Di- uh, Diabolical, Huey's design in that TV show is based on Simon Pegg's design. So they're actually using the original comic book design for the characters, which I thought was pretty cool. But you you are right in the sense of like, you know, all these comic book properties. Like The Walking Dead was different in the sense, because that is a comic book property as well. But that was zombies. And that's, you know, I think, I think that got away with it. Yeah, different genre kind of hits a little differently. Um, I think with the boys, especially um, the the twisted nature of the superheroes, the the super corporate um, approach to how the business kind of runs, like controls them effectively. Um, all of that stuff, I don't think it would have hit anywhere near as hard if we didn't have such a, um, a, a not a glut, but like. Uh, a massive amount of super, um, you know, real superhero movies, I guess, uh, for lack of a better so word. So, have we all seen all the boys here? Just to confirm, I don't, I don't want to spoil it. 
No, I haven't seen it at all. Yeah, I'm being um, careful. It's it's well worth a watch if you're not squeamish. And it's only and it's only eight episodes a season as well. So, but they are almost an hour ep- an episode. So, yeah, but uh, basically, I'll, I'll I'm going to try and figure this out. At this point. Basically, there's a scene at the end of the second season with a character on a rooftop uh, that basically um, Amazon said that they couldn't do in the first season. They just couldn't do it. And then they just did it for the second season. And I think because the popularity of the first season, people going, oh, no, people want this shit. And Ch- Ch- I like the fact that Chesh just you know, giggled his ass off. Cause I know like, exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. That would not have been able to be done even five years ago or two years ago. Uh, and it's going to be interesting. And also, there's like so many scenes in that show which are just so over top. I mean, you've got an episode this season, up season, upcoming season. I don't know anything about it, but the episode is called Herogasm. And that just says a name in itself. And you've got Jensen Ackles coming in the season from Supernatural, Dean from Supernatural. He's going to be playing a character called Soldier Boy. Now, he is hinted at in the show. That's not a spoiler, you know, he's but he's playing the first Vought American superhero. But he's a he's an amalgam of Cap- he, also he's a, a parody of Captain America. But he's the Homelander before Homelander. And that's all I'll say. Yeah, so that's all I'll say. But I definitely recommend checking out Fergus. That show is uh, insane. And it's worth saying that there are a lot of graphic novels out there that are not superhero related that often don't have films. Uh, So I'm going through Waterstone's uh, graphic novels list at the moment. Um, So the essential graphic novels list. Not a single superhero here. Uh, But there are potentially some interesting graphic novels here uh persepolis um comic book about a family escaping persecution from uh iran never seen anything uh not an like not a you know hero film about that but my point is we have kind of got fixated on a very specific kind of comic with these film adaptations i think um so there's a, a much wider variety of content uh, out there. I say Alan Moore's quite prolific for this sort of stuff. Uh, he did FIFA Vendetta, which is a very different sort of comic book film. That is a good film, though. That is a very good. That's film. a really good film. Yeah, but he's got quite a quite an extensive catalogue now. Uh, Watchmen also. Now a film, but uh, well, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which I think was had Sean Connery in it some time ago. But I oh, think they God, could yeah, probably do was, more uh, with that. There's no yeah. film which would make Sean Connery retire. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. Uh, it, mm, yeah, if you know, if you know, yes, go back and rewatch it. Then, then say because I'd like I'm to because pro- I, I like to see that film again. I'm pretty sure it was a film which made Sean Connery retire. Well, at least at least he retired afterwards. But there is a, there is a there is a actually a comic book TV show coming out in a couple of weeks. I didn't realize it was this soon. Um, but it's called a uh, DMZ for Demilitarization. It's based oh, on. Oh yes, I've read the first couple of those. They're quite good. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, going to be set on HBO Max. I don't know how we're going to get in the UK, but uh, starring Rosario Dawson, and it's a, it's set during the Second American Civil War. Yes. Which uh, which yeah, and it's only it's only six episodes along the first season. Uh, it's an it's oh no sorry it's a mini series so you know maybe it's just a one and done sort of thing so that's sort of meaning to you know trying to do things differently. Uh, Chaz actually pointed out on another show 
which I'm so glad people watched, which is Invincible. Because that show, Jesus fucking Christ, like I I I read the graphic novel, so I knew what was coming in that show. But I'll be honest with be honest with you, stuff they did in the final episode of that show, I'm not even gonna spoil it for people to watch it, wasn't nothing compared sorry, it went above and beyond what was in the comic book. It went and supposedly it's just gonna get more violent as it goes along. Basically, you watch that show, and it seems like just a Spider-Man TV show at the beginning. Yeah, honestly, like what got me about Invincible wasn't the violence per se. Obviously, it caught me out, um, but it I actually really enjoyed the characters and the story it was telling. I just, you know, stood on its own feet in that regard. I, I always view it as, you know, a quality show first, and it had more appeal because of, as I was saying, it's kind of subverting the uh, the superhero genre from what we expect from superhero um, TV shows and films. I mean, I'm also thinking like Mark Miller's a big part of this as well. So like, you know, we have Kick-Ass and which I thought was, you know, amazing. Uh, we have the first King, the well, the two Kingsman movie and the King's, King's Man, which is, you know, an offshoot of the Kingsman uh, movies. Uh, and obviously the Kingsman movies are an offshoot of the comic books. I liked them. The second one, you know, went very Moonraker-esque and like went quite over the top and that. And I still need to watch The King's Man because it's on Disney Plus now. Um, but yeah, obviously Kick-Ass was brilliant back in the day, um, which is interesting because the two main two, couple of the characters in that went on to both play Quicksilver, uh, which is interesting to me. And obviously Jim Carrey was in that. But it just goes to show that people are trying to do different things. And I feel that this is the way that, the you know, we're gonna see this topic today was supposed to be about burnout but i think it's more a case of how do we avoid burnout how how do we try to do things differently and i think stuff like dmz and like you know um invincible which has got two more seasons confirmed by the way which i think is insane they because amazon prime were like oh we're gonna announce the sex season not two one but two new seasons we just wait fuck it we'll give you two more straight away and i think that's that's epic to be honest yeah i it's uh, they um anime industry uh uses the manga industry quite heavily for ideas for shows they basically adapt mangas quite a lot of the time because they're quite easy to do like you can it is basically or already be bored so you just need to sort of cast and animate um but there's quite a wide variety of available manga out there to adapt so I think what we're suffering at the moment is something similar to only making anime out of Shonen Jump. So we're uh, we've at the moment we've only got the sort of Bleach's, Naruto's, One Pieces being made, but there is a very wide variety of potential out there for people to sort of to get more people on board. Really, it doesn't have to be superheroes. It could. There's a lot of graphic novels about a lot. Yeah, of that's just things. what I was going to say. Like, we are saying comic book movies, as in it is um, only superhero movies, only superhero movies of like a certain tone. And I think burnout is inevitable if it keeps going like that. But at the end of the day, like Fergus said, there is a lot of source material out there, and there's a lot of different ways to use that source material. Um, if the industry has the room and like the the market is there to be creative and to to evolve these ideas and to keep experimenting then i could see it becoming well um anime was a good comparison anime is not going to burn out anytime soon it could be similar in that regard 
I think, uh, yeah, you are right in a sense, because I also I think with the amount of streaming services we've got coming, we actually touched on this before, like how streaming services are having to be more risk. They're, they're having to take more risks with their shows now because, you know, with the Halo TV show coming out and, like, you know, all these different, you know, Cuphead coming out on Netflix, you would not have expected a Cuphead-style show, like, five, six years ago, and they're going to have to push this stuff out. I think, you know, streaming services uh, are a good way to go for this. I know Netflix tried to do their own with Jupiter's Legacy, the Mark Miller TV show, I'm not going to lie, was not great at all. Like, it it looked che- it looked cheap to a degree. Uh, they actually decided to create an offshoot called Super Crux, which is an animated version. So it's like the villain's version in that universe. And that actually supposedly did quite well compared to Jupiter's Legacy, which is a shame because there are some really good actors in um, Jupiter's Legacy, the actual TV show itself. And it ended on a cliffhanger, which always frustrates me. I think if you're going to put on a cliffhanger on a TV show, contractually give them one more season, a short season to finish it up. I will stick by that to my dying day. Touch wood. But yeah, I just want to come in on that, you know, the whole comic thing. Saga. I know we've got a few friends who love the comic book series Saga. You know, stuff like that, you know, be, you know about characters who are like got ram horns and like, you know, they have animal features. And uh, th- actually, there was that TV show about the Sweet Tooth that came out recently. Um, it was uh, produced by Robert Downey Jr. It was a comic. It's based on a comic book, I believe. Uh, that's got a second season coming out. Um, I, I, I want to confirm. Uh, sorry, I've just not my microphone. Uh, in regards to like you know this post-apocalyptic world and um, yeah, and it's interesting to see Robert Downey Jr. go from Iron Man to this sort of thing. And I can confirm it was renewed for a second season, and it was based on a comic book TV show. But you know, it's it's tr- it is trying these different things out, and I'm wondering with the level of the boys of Invincible and you know coming out in animated form or live action form on Amazon. Are they going to go the more violent route? And Marvel are going to go teeter on that point. Nowhere near the boys in Invincible level. They will never do that. Unless that, you know, even Deadpool will not go to that level at all. You know, it'll be violent, but it won't be that violent. Netflix, I'm a bit f- intrigued by how they're going to pull it off because they're the ones I'm, I'm concerned with. Like, I think maybe if they go more the... If they can figure out live-action animes, if they can figure out the formula to create a live great live action anime because they failed well not failed but they well they have twice two three times now Fullmetal alchemist death note and um cowboy bebop which i'm still pissed about um still should have just given that one more season it could have been done um and you've got avatar the last airbender coming out uh there's rumors uh, i don't know if it's a rumor or confirmed but it's not netflix but there is a my hero academia live action film in the works my concern is there is that all the characters in that are Japanese. How with Shang Chi coming out, is the is the Western market ready for an all Japanese cast of movies? Now I'd like to think yes, which I'm hoping for, because Black Panther was you know synonymous with you know African American culture. You know people out there, Shang Chi for the Chinese audience and everything. Even though there's a bit of backlash there also, and I'm just wondering, are people ready for that? Squid Game did well. That was all korean right yes and no, that that's a big thing as well like squid game it's been confirmed that they're doing a squid verse now they're gonna have like offshoots and spin-offs and kingdom uh if you haven't seen kingdom it's not it's nowhere near as big as squid game but it's a jap it's a, it's a korean medieval zombie tv show on netflix oh i started watching this it was i, I think i got to episode three before it started it's to make so me feel good, ill <laughs> Oh, I, I oh really? I, I started watching it, and I was thinking about picking it up again. Is yeah. it that bad? 
Um, that gory. Uh, it gets. I don't. It's not gory. It's just right. Okay. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I. It. It didn't sit well with me. But then again, I can't watch um, Attack on Titan because it's too. I don't. It's for the similar reason, I I can't really put I, my I, finger yeah, on it. And then, and then but, there's uh, me who will go watch Jackass and watch this type of thing. But I can't watch Hostel. No, I can't watch. It's it's not to that level. I can tell you that for sure. It's nowhere near to that level at all. Um, but yeah, I just think like you know, with streaming services, I think streaming services is the way it's going to go. Like we got a topic coming up in the future, people about how you know is streaming going to replace cinema? Because I think only the really really big films will be at the cinema in the future. Like your. I'd say like your Lord of the Rings, but that's coming onto TV now. And, you know, I think like, you know, your your Marvel movies, your, you know, your DC films, even then, even those are going to be coming streaming. Only the big events, I think, will be there. It is interesting. I don't know if you, you keep up with Oscars nomination rule changes or anything, but there's been a lot of movement or pushing and pulling around uh, so historically, you have to release a film in the cinema for it to be a, eligible for an Oscar nomination. But there has been a lot of pressure. I'm not entirely sure if they've yielded entirely yet um, on being able to just release four-hour films to Netflix and then then be eligible for uh, Oscar I'm pissed off about that Oscar thing, to be honest, because they've got that fan favourite category now. But why the hell is like, you know, films like Endgame there? Like Endgame came out in 2019, 2020, uh, 2019. And it's in the fan favorite category with um, Snyderverse. Um, well, sorry, um, Zack Snyder's Justice League, Spider-Man. You know, films came out within the last year. I'm sorry, but the Oscars are for the year, not the, the actual moment itself. And I'm not going to spoil it because there are specific moments in those movies, which are they've actually don't don't google it james because they've categorized a specific moment in movies like the port like the uh, the portal sequence in endgame which is just I, i'm not gonna lie it's still epic uh but you know with with the oscars it's because no way home didn't get like the best picture category or actor category which i'm not gonna lie it should have done in my opinion at least some of those it got visual effects it should uh, a lot of actors have come out and said that movie put people back in the cinema like it, it, you know, how is that? How does that not quantify Oscar material in, in the least? But again, that divulges from the main topic. But yeah, we'll we'll finish on this point with Fergus. Um, I was just gonna say nobody's watching the Oscars anymore, and they're getting a bit desperate and trying to find new ways of enticing people in. Well, how can we watch it in the UK? In the how can we watch in the UK? Like um, we can't. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's an Amer- it's a big American thing. We have the Baftas, but. I don't believe. Can we even watch those over here? Mm. Uh, they certainly have yeah. been televised. They'll be you on know, the yeah, BBC just probably. Going back to the comic book, you know, our, our main topic is we, we like to you know go off a bit sometimes. Uh, I think with comic comic properties in general, I think they need to be more risky. I think also they don't need to just go to live action. They need to do animation. I think animation is a very like. So use and also use animation as a launching point. You know, put an animated movie out there, see how it does, and then maybe do like a TV show, like a limited season TV show. And then build your movie after that. You know, create, build up. Like Blue Beetle, for example, getting the TV show film. A lot of people have been calling for that character for years, and he's only became popular in the animated universe of DC in the last ten years, and he's actually pushed up from there. Batgirl. Could we have expected a Batgirl film ten years ago? You know, and it's because she became more popular as we went along. She's 
she's the, one of the main characters in the video games coming out because that's another entire area you know comic book games and everything and diversifying from the superhero supervillain narrative that that would do a i mean lot for my concern with that is is that venom and morbius so venom is classed as a spider-man villain but then he became an anti-hero as a whole story thing and then morbius is coming out and they're marketing him as a are you a are you a bad guy or are you a legend um that's actually a line from the trailer and i'm like no you're 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 a vampire you're a bad guy and then you maybe go to that direction don't push them in that direction because how can they have a character development if you automatically put them there yeah i mean the characters should be able to be their own self-contained things without being shoehorned into kind of like the current expected roles (laughs) like villain anti-villain anti-hero like it like if they're a vampire, they're a vampire. They live in a world of vampires. That's great. That's fine. That's self-contained. They don't all need to also need to be in the same universe either. So we don't have to have this random vampire guy cross over with the Hulk. Peacemaker, the TV show, came out. I haven't seen it yet myself, unfortunately, but I've heard that basically uh, Peacemaker, the TV show, is set after the Suicide Squad film and follows John Cena as the main character. And now people are like, when they first said, there was like, why the, why the fuck do we need this TV show? And now people are going, this is probably one of the best comic book TV shows ever out. Like, you know, it's eight episodes. Uh, it has an amazing intro, which I love listening to the song all the time. James Gunn basically said, oh, yeah, I hate when people skip the intro. So he created, a, created an intro for that that people don't want to skip over and, and they just want to watch. It's on YouTube. I definitely recommend going to watch it. Um, and I think that he is classed as a, you know, he's a villain. But also, you you come to learn you come to learn more about his character. You get to build upon that, and I think that's where the films have issue. Like TV shows have the advantage of forty fifty minute episodes of building, you know, learning more about his characters and getting more sympathetic with them. And it is getting a second season. I'd like to see the first season first. Uh, Harley Quinn, the animated TV show, James can actually touch upon this. Like you know, that is a character who has come in with that TV show. I did not realize I needed that TV show. And I saw it because Jesus, my God, is violent, but also fucking hilarious. Like, so good. Yeah, no, I love, I love, I love Harley Quinn TV show. It's uh, good fun. And it's it's on Amazon Prime. You can buy it, people, on there. I have double-checked that on Google Play, I believe, as well. But yeah, no, I just think, um, I think keep trying to push the boundaries. It'd be really interesting to see where they go. Uh, DC is the one I'm looking at more right now, because I think DC are, start, are realizing, no, we are... As long as we just do things that are just different, don't you don't have to link everything. Do Jokers, do um, do your Batman, have your Shazams, have your Wonder Woman's, you know, which is all good to do. Have your Flashes. Black Adam's going to tie into that. He's an anti-hero in the trailer that people have seen. He disintegrates a guy with lightning. Sorry, that's badass in my opinion, but also it just goes to show he's not the kind of hero who's just going to be, like, standing aside. I mean, if you're going to look at... Uh, I'm going to have a brief think about... Um what kind of villains if you want to do a dc uh film basically just one villain like the joker uh you've missed one key villain batman villain out from that which we should do a film of and that is condiment king i knew you were going to fucking say that i knew you were going to relish the opportunity to say that i had to pull oh, that come joke on. oh my god <laughs> sorry i'm sorry no no because he does, says that joke in the in the lego batman movie it's like i, I relish the I'm opportunity out. batman <laughs> no uh some actually wanted to create a clayface movie uh like back in the day and you know like the tragic history behind that character and it, yeah it just goes to show i think dc is going to be an interesting one to f- uh, follow 
I think it'll be interesting to see with the streaming services in general, though, where they go with Invincible, the boys, and how they can sort of, like, you know, push the boundaries, but also just do some completely out of the blue and be risky. Like, Jupiter's Legacy didn't work, but at least they tried it. And then they created an animated TV show, which has actually worked. You know, to Fergus's point of anime, you know, try try that route i know maybe try a marvel anime if you can't do it in like live action or a, D a dc tried to do the anime did not work out as well with the uh batman samurai movie yeah that was terrible that was actually really bad <laughs> yeah with the whole like mecha joker at the end which was yeah it was stupid uh but they tried it that's the thing they tried to be different and i think if you're gonna go into these films and you're gonna not let people go away or just not care anymore keep pulling them back in by different things and i think that's a good place to end that it was definitely supposed to be a burnout but i think we like just had a nice it was, it's nice to go into these discussions sometimes like what they've done where they could go what possibly could happen to avoid to avoid you know the burnout happening but yes people that is the end of the episode i'd like to thank uh chaz Ferks, and james for joining me today it's been really great fellas thanks for having yeah, me cheers guys we enjoyed it yeah no worries it's fun excellent right people if you'd like obviously you know come back on tuesday when we will have our review and then attached spoiler review for the batman don't worry it won't be a three hour review we'll try to keep it under an hour so a third of the time of the batman <laughs> uh, and come back for next week's topic which we will get into our best gaming experiences we were going to do a best gaming experience but i feel that with video games you can never just have one and it's so there's so many different areas you can look into and I think, yeah, it would just be interesting to see where we go from that. But if you'd like to get in contact with us or any questions, queries, possibly uh, anything related to this week's topic or possible topics we could do in the future, or tell us how you think, you know, what your favorite comic book was, what where comic books could, you know, not be in the burnout anymore, you know, figure out how to go that different route. Or, you know, tell us your favorite gaming experience. If we get it in before next week's episode, we could read them out at the end of the episode. But please feel free to email us at nmipodcast at outlook.com. That's nmipodcast at outlook.com. Or follow us on Twitter or Instagram at nmicast. That's at nmicast. That's such as, you know, Nate M. Cast. So nmicast. Uh, and if you go on there, you can also see our email address as well if you'd like to email on there. And make sure to uh, subscribe and like us on Spotify and iTunes. Uh, and also find us on YouTube as well, where we are currently working on our pixel animated versions. We are currently in the process of retinkering that at the moment. But we will have talking pixel versions of ourselves eventually. Yay. And you can find us in there at, uh, sorry, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes, NMI dash when you need more info, NMI dash when you need more info. Also, you can now find us on SoundCloud. We're going on all the streaming platforms, people. We're going on all the streaming platforms. Tell us what one you want us to be on. We'll see what we can do. But yes, I've been your host, Nate. I hope you have a lovely week. Please stay safe, everyone. And I'll see you later, everyone. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.